0: Yeah. This is Pastor Jolly John lukumski
1: And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark.
0: And this is Wrestling with the Basics. And by the way Matt, we didn't discuss it but, but that'll be your job to conclude with that wonderful phrase. <laughs> okay John, got bas- it. Okay. All right. I'm on it. Uh, well, see I wanted to make a preliminary comment here. Uh, one of the problems with uh Wrestling with the Basics and my God, don't get me started on that because <laughs> that list would be so long. We, we could never get it in, maybe in a dozen episodes. But one of the things that, that we wrestle with is we are a Saturday morning radio show. Uh, now I, I, a lot of people maybe don't realize that because of the uh, wonders of the Internet and, and because of podcasting, uh, a thing, by the way, that our founder, uh, Paul Clayton, actually got us started on. Anyway, because of podcasting, People can listen to us any day of the week, 24-7, anywhere in the world. Isn't that remarkable, Matt?
1: It's pretty amazing, when you think about it, Chad. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: And if that isn't a mark of the apocalypse, I don't know what is. (laughs) That people could hear you and me at any time, anywhere. Um, But the fact of the matter is, our, our original broadcast is always Saturday mornings, which means we miss all the holidays. Right, Matt? We miss the holidays.
1: The the big churchy ones at least, right? Usually well, on Sundays.
0: Yeah. So tomorrow is, is Palm Sunday. Wow, well, that's fantastic, but unfortunately today is the day before Palm Sunday. And next week it'll be Easter. Well, that's the big biggest celebration of all. But unfortunately, we'll be recording on the Saturday before Easter. <laughs> so and you know what? We we might be able to do a Christmas thing, but KFEO, our radio station has special programming always on christmas eve and christmas so we don't even get to do that holiday well so so here's and at this point our, our founder paul would have played a, a sound effect that says what's the point it makes it so much more interesting for the listener you remember those days so here's the point i hope you have a really super good palm sunday sermon tomorrow but that's not what we're going to talk about <laughs> on wrestling with <laughs> the basics uh, by happy coincidence, or I would like to think by the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Matt and I have both completed uh, an intensive study on a very, very important and lengthy Bible story uh, from John chapter 9, the story of the man born blind. Um, and, and so here's the thing. When, when you come to these texts, it's always different. The Holy Spirit always has something more to show you, something different to show you. No sermon is ever alike. Uh, Even after 40 years of preaching these texts, probably 10 times, 11, 12 times, it it still was always different. So, Matt, as you came to the story in John chapter 9 of the man born blind, this this time, this time, what struck you? What really stood out uh, for you?
1: Yeah, thanks, John. And just to second that, yeah, I mean, I think one of the beautiful things about God's Word is it never changes, right? It's the same, unchanging, but we do change, and our our life circumstances change. And so when we come to that new text, that same text with maybe new eyes, uh, there's different insights. And I think there's Spirit-led insights, too, uh, which is wonderful, and that makes it exciting, and that makes it worthwhile uh, coming to worship and and being in a Bible reading program, and, and certainly fun for us as pastors as we prepare sermons. So, yeah, to answer your question, uh, for my sermon preparations for this text, uh, the first thing I noticed, you already said, John, this is really, really long. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: yeah. That's yeah, one so, of those gospel readings uh, where you're thinking... How shouldn't they have edited this? (laughs) People are going to fall asleep as I'm reading this. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we follow. We've talked about before. Rest of the Basics, the lectionaries. So we have this. uh, John and I both follow typically the three year lectionaries. So over the course of three years, you go through this series of readings. And boy, this one is, is a doozy. This is the one of the longest. It's if you read the entire thing, it is basically the entire chapter of of John 9. Uh, so, how I approach that in terms of the worship service itself, John, I did something a little different. Okay. Okay. Out of the box.
0: Oh, there you um, go, you young, you young whippersnappers. Okay. <laughs> I know, rocking the boat. All right. Rocking all right.
1: I'm admitting this, uh, on resting the basics. Uh, but we, typically, we have our uh, Old Testament text, the the epistle, and then after that, you know, usually the gospel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, instead of having the gospel reading there. Instead, we have the Holy Gospel during the sermon itself, all right? So instead of reading all through John chapter 9 and then getting to the sermon and and commenting about John chapter 9, instead, what I did was we just, we read through John chapter 9 section by section, um, sort of a Bible study-like format almost, sort of an expository preaching, if you want to use homiletical terms, preaching terms, uh, but went more section by section through the text. And did it that way. Um, but I, I think when you do it that way, though, at least in my mind, you, you know, the sermon is more than just a Bible study. Nothing wrong with Bible study. Bible study is great. But the sermon is distinctly different. And so as we went through that text section by section, I think it's important to have some, some train of thought, something that kind of holds the message together. So it's not just disjointed um, individual sections of a chapter. So as we went, you know, kind of section by section through this text, uh, the, the question I asked people to consider keeping their minds w- was this. How does God work through suffering? How does God oh, work through suffering?
0: Okay, that's a um, great subject too, Matt.
1: Yeah, and I think this text just does a, a great job of wrestling with just that. How does God work through suffering? Um, and, you know, it's, it's not even the question of does God work through suffering? I think that's pretty clear. He does. He does but how might he work through suffering? So that's, as we go through the text uh, today, I think that's something you know for us to keep in the back of our minds too, as, as listeners and as, as leaders too. How does God work through suffering? And how do we see that in this text from John chapter 9? So that's, that's how I approach it, John. And I,
0: I really like that idea. I wish I had done that because the, the concern I had is, is I would reference things back in the gospel lesson. And I was wondering, do they even remember? <laughs> do they even remember that part of that lengthy gospel? So, yeah. so should we just start reading it then, Matt? Is that what you'd like to do? We'll just start at the first. Yeah, verse? we
1: could start reading it, and you know, as you go section by section two in a sermon like that, I think the other benefit is hopefully it demonstrates for people how to how to read the Bible themselves, oh, right? Yeah, how to kind yeah. of go section by section through a text in their own Bible reading. I I hope that happens at least. I don't know if it did, but uh, but uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, hopefully that that happened too. But yeah, let's, let's do that, John. Um, why don't we gotta, you know, go section by section? Um, and, and as we do that, we'll keep in mind, how does God work through suffering? And how is that revealed here in this text? Um, so yeah, if we want to read verses one and two, I think there's a lot to talk about in just the first couple of verses, oh, if you oh, want there, to take there, those there for There
0: certainly us. is, yeah. As he, and that's Jesus, of course, passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?
1: Yeah, you know, you, passing by that interesting? and you wonder, I just wonder, and we, we don't know this, but would Jesus have stopped if the disciples hadn't said something, huh? if they if, 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 if didn't call this man to Jesus' attention, you know? And I, I think probably certainly would, you know, but, uh, but you just wonder about that. What, you know, what, what was Jesus' intention here? But... Uh, regardless, they're passing by. Uh, his disciples asked the question, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?
0: So and, and, a couple and, of things and, here. And well, I know
1: you have a lot to talk about here, too, John. So what, feel free no, to no, jump but in. Just,
0: just, you know, I just wanted to throw in this thought. And, yeah. and I think that's the thing that when we're suffering, we wrestle with. Has Jesus passed by?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Did
0: he perhaps? <laughs> wait, I'm over here, Jesus. Oh, no, he's down the road. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah. what it feels like. He's just passed us by. Okay, go yeah. ahead, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, but Jesus is aware of, you know, our suffering. He's certainly aware of this man's suffering, this unnamed man, by the way, yeah. his suffering. Yeah. Um, and he, he's, he knows, yeah, he's his creator, right? Um, I, I think it's kind of interesting just to look at the question that's asked by the sure. disciples. It's a question of who, okay? Um, who sinned? Um, so when we look at suffering, when we encounter suffering in our own lives and the lives of the the people we love, what question do we ask? Do we ask who, you know, who's sin? Um, I think we probably ask the question why even more often, Mm. you know, why suffering? Why this cancer? Why this sickness? Why this death? Um, I think that's probably the question we ask even more. And it seems as we read on though, the question that maybe Jesus wants the disciples to focus on is, is perhaps how, right? Huh. So, you know, how, how might God work through this suffering? Uh, how, how might this be something that's even used perhaps for good? Um, so how might be even better question. And, and in the verses that follow, we'll hear the answer to that question. How, in fact, Jesus gives us that answer. Uh, but um, th- I think that's interesting. When there's suffering, what is the question we ask? Is it who? who sinned? Or is it why? Why is this happening? Or is it, is it how? How, how might God work through this? And,
0: and, and, and Matt, I, I don't know if, if you really parse it out. I don't know that there's a big difference though, between the, the who and the why, because what are we left with when we ask the question, why is, well, somebody must've done something wrong, right? I mean, that's what lies behind the question. Was it his parents or was it the blind man himself? obviously, Uh, god wouldn't just do this to someone so there's got to be a reason there's got to be a cause and and we know the cause of all uh suffering is sin so it would seem logical there must be some particular sin that is is prompted this but i agree with you i think that's a really nice insight so that's that's not even the right question to be asking because i don't know you could even answer that question uh but how yeah what what god is going to do with this that is a good question to ask
1: yeah yeah, I, I agree, John, and th- that's why both those first questions are bad ones because yeah. of exactly what you said. So the the who question, the why question, those are they're just bad questions. Those yeah. are The wrong things to be asking. Uh, instead, I think a much better one is, is how, how can God work through this? Right?
0: And, and Matt, it just occurred to me that, that the problem is the answer might very well be, yes, it was. It was, it was his sin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he, he was, he was drinking and, and driving and, and that, that's what caused it. But that doesn't help a whole lot. <laughs> that no. doesn't provide any comfort. Yeah. No, no. Uh, all right. So the how, the how.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The how. And, and, you know, I think what's interesting, too, is they ask this question, and, you know, what's assumed already is someone has sinned. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, really, the disciples think they have this this one figured out. They, they kind of got suffering, blindness, ailments figured out. It, it's, it's because someone's sinned, right? The question is just who? Who was it? Who's to blame here? What? But I, I just, their, their confidence in knowing why suffering happens, which is you know laughable right uh, but but not in their minds no nope, no nope. they know what happened here someone someone did wrong it's just a matter of who
0: well and, and we're going to see it later in the, the story where it says you know that that god can't work through sinful people will have that that state yeah. and, yeah. and, and 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 in their defense this is not an ordinary suffering okay this is extraordinary to be born blind uh, even today, I think, is a horrible, horrible thing because it basically means that you'll, you'll end up being a beggar your whole life. That, you know, the, the long-term consequences and the fact that it happens from birth, you know, in, in their defense. They could say, well, this, you know, maybe some things happen, but these kind of big things, they really have to have their source in sin somewhere.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing in their defense is they're not alone in this way of thinking oh, either. No. So it, it's not like it's just the disciples or these you know guys who are pretty hard on blind people or something. <laughs> no, th- this is this is what this is exactly what the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees, as we'll see, what's what they're teaching. Yeah, that that yeah, if someone is is. Is blind or something bad happens to someone? Yeah, it's it's a punishment, and, and even more so, like you said, John, if they're born blind, well then, well, yeah, well, surely then they or their parents did something wrong for this to happen to them. Um, they deserve it. They have it coming. And, 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 and
0: isn't it interesting, especially since we're getting ready to be into Holy Week, that that's what they thought about Jesus dying on the cross too. That was the ultimate proof that he had to be a, a horrible, terrible sinner. Cause why would God allow that to happen to him if he wasn't? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we can make connections to Holy Week here too, as as we're on the cusp of uh, Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday Eve. So yeah, thanks for that connection. Um, you know, I, I think too, um, and I realize we've only written, we've only read two verses so far, John, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I can't help but just think of, you know, again, before too hard on the disciples, uh, yeah. Isn't that the way we sometimes think too? Oh yeah. Um, boy, you know, someone does something wrong, wrong, and that that means you know, whammo, God's gonna going God's gonna punish them for it. Um, I mean, we think that way. You know, even our, I don't even, you know, our culture just thinks that way. I think right now we've got that popular idea of karma, for instance. Oh yeah. Um, kind of a, yeah. a Hindu, even Buddhist teaching. It says, you know, if, if bad things happen to bad people, good things are going to happen to good people. I mean, I'm, I'm probably oversimplifying karma, but that's basically what it says. And I, I think it's popular because it's logical. I, well, that makes sense to me, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but no, that's that's not how it works. Um, that's that's trying to give explanation to suffering that we just simply don't have. Yeah. Um, we are, we are finite uh, created beings, we don't know those things. Uh, that's for God to know, not for us. The reason for suffering, right? The, the why behind suffering or the who behind suffering, you know, that's not for us to know. And I would say we would dr- we even drive ourselves crazy over that question, why is this suffering happening? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I see that with people that, that I'm privileged to minister to, John, is. You know why is the suffering happening? People are tormented by that question. They, they are. They are. They really, yeah. And and you know there there is no answer to that unless God clearly reveals it. You know, like He does in Scripture. At times, um, we just don't have that answer to that question, and and we have to just simply say, um, sometimes the most faithful answer is, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. Well,
0: I, I, you know, on the one hand, if you're doing something that it's obviously uh, forbidden by God's law, and then you suffer sure. the consequences of you that. Bet. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. But that is not normally what happens in our suffering. Our suffering normally doesn't have any relationship to any particular wrong thing we've done. Uh, if, if you take drugs and you end up having side effects from uh, taking drugs, well, yeah, I think we all see that relationship. But like you said, that's not how it is with most of the suffering of people's lives. Most of the illnesses we have can't be traced back to some one immoral act that we've done. And, And it occurs to me, the problem is the Bible does teach that God will, you know, bring his punishment upon the evil. But it also teaches that The righteous suffer as well so there you go (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, exactly and yeah because you have those cases you know i I think always in the back of our mind though you know someone has cancer well you know maybe they did something wrong you know maybe you know they deserve it or you know i think the the one one time we we think of this is natural disasters right Oh, oh that that city got hit by that tornado Oh, those people out in california they're experiencing flooding you know um they must be doing something wrong god's punishing them and well we we just don't know that we're not no. god um we <laughs> to give that answer to why that natural disaster that earthquake that hurricane whatever fill in the blank is happening well we don't have that answer uh, that's that's going too far um but that's nothing new right you know that's what jesus disciples are doing and that's even you know when i think of the book of Job um in the old Testament, oh, yeah. that's yeah. that's what job's friends do right your job is righteous man and we kind of know behind the scenes why he's suffering right god allows us to take place and it's the work of satan ultimately and yet job's friends come along and you know they're they're pretty worthless because all they can say is well what did you do wrong job maybe you'll know, think really hard and you probably did you did something wrong to deserve this and and that's not the case right they're trying to answer That question, why suffering? They're asking, again, the wrong question.
0: So so Matt, as Paul would used to say to me, uh, have a point. It makes it so much interesting to the listener. (laughs) So, So we don't know. So what is, what do we know?
1: All right. Well, let's, so again, I think the better question is, is how, right? Okay, how? Okay. So, um, you know, we, we do know lots of things in the midst of suffering, John, all of God's promises just right? That he's with us, and he loves us, all those things. You know, I would say, you know, encourage our listeners, cling to those certainties, right? Uh, rather than searching for things that are, are uncertain and that we'll never know. Um, I think of Second uh, uh, Corinthians, right? Uh, 12, where it's, it's, it's Paul and his sufferings and his thorn in his flesh and... Um, you know, he pleads with the Lord three times for it to be taken away. And what's what's God's answer? Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> You're no, my
0: my, my grace is sufficient for you, he says.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And and you'll probably get into this more, John. But, you know, I mean, you know, we we Paul's suffering. It's not because of a lack of faith. It's not because he did something wrong. It's, it's certainly not because God doesn't love Paul. Uh, but uh, it's because, as God reveals, oh, my grace is sufficient for you. My, my power is made perfect in weakness. So I think, uh, I, I think that's true for us, too, um, that God's grace is sufficient for us uh, in our sufferings. Um, but on to that question, how, maybe, you know, the better okay, question yeah. to ask. So let's, let's keep reading, then, uh, if you want to do verses 3 through 5.
0: Jesus answered, it was not this man sinned or his parents. But that the works of God might be displayed in him, we must work the works of Him who sent me. While it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world.
1: Yeah. So again, how can God work through this this blindness? Well, Jesus answers um, that the works of God might be displayed in His life. Right. So he uh, he sets them straight. <laughs> he didn't it, His parents didn't it, It's not like he's. Uh, this is a direct punishment of some specific sin, and this guy's blind. No, instead, it's so that the works of God might be displayed in his life. Uh, and then as that story unfolds, we see, boy, that that certainly does happen here. But I think that's that's something for us to consider, too, is how, how might the works of God be displayed in our life, in our times of suffering? And to give that some thought, um, you know, how, how might that happen? Might it be that, you know, our own strength is faith and strength, faith is strengthened through that suffering? Oh, that's the work of God in our life through suffering. Is it, is it that we have a greater compassion maybe for those who are hurting around us because of our suffering? Well, that's God working that in our hearts and, and through that suffering. Um, so to think through that, how might God use, how might God use the suffering in our life too or the suffering of people around us so that his works might be displayed in us.
0: You know, my first wife, of course, was was uh, had a very severe neurological disease, and uh, I ended up pretty well having to take care of her day in and day out. And, and you know, I, I didn't think anything of that. It's just what you do. You love someone, you, you care for them. But people would say, they'd say, man, we, we saw the way you guys still held on to each other despite all the trials and struggles, and they said that was such a great encouragement for us. And see, I didn't even think about that. I wasn't doing it to encourage anybody, but you're right. A lot of times God does use our suffering, if not to help us, maybe to help others. And In fact, maybe help others we don't even know that, that uh, we're being helped to them.
1: Exactly. How might the works of God be displayed? And I think uh, the works of God, I think, are most clearly are powerfully displayed in suffering. Um, it's during those times when there is an illness, when someone is caring for someone who uh, maybe is, is disabled, you know, whoa, what a powerful witness that is to others around us, that even in the midst of suffering, even in the hospital room, even on the hospice bed, you know, to still have a trust in the Lord, uh, to still love our, our family and members that are, are suffering and uh, for them to not be in despair, uh, but instead be confident in God's promises, boy, that is a powerful witness. And and I think you're exactly right. You know, that is one way in which, yeah, the works of God can be displayed in us is through suffering. No doubt about it. And, you know, as we have this discussion, John, today and, you know, next Saturday, too, I think the other thing to kind of, the other theme that overarches all this, too, is, you um, does God work through suffering? Well, yeah, most definitely. It's called, it's called the cross, right? It's called yeah. good Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, this is Holy week we're going into. And as we, we contemplate good Friday and Jesus death for us, we think of, you know, how might the works of God be displayed in what Jesus did for us, uh, the works of God on the cross, all out of love for us, uh, all to win our forgiveness and life and salvation. And we would not have those gifts of forgiveness and salvation if it were not for suffering, uh, the suffering and death of our Savior. So we keep that in mind, too, throughout this whole text, and I think especially this, this time of Holy Week. Well, time flew by for me, John. We'll have to, left me it too. Too. We have a lot to tackle next Saturday, but we hope you can join us for Wrestling with the Pace.